in love with movies, in love, in love with movies. With Danny and Nick. Da da da. How you feeling? Okay. Just okay? Mm-hmm. Why only okay? Because it's weird. I don't know. What do you mean it's weird? Just recording what you're saying is weird. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's also weird when you bump the mic with a, a blanket. <laughs> It'll be interesting to hear how that sounds. I have to fart. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fart? <laughs> Okay, now so aside from your gastrointestinal issues, how's your sunburn? Great. I put lotion on. Yeah? Did you put some, some aloe on? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Feeling self-conscious? Uh-huh. Okay. Perfect. Perfect? No, not perfect. Self-conscious. Okay, let's just, let's get her done. Okay, so with that, uh, you know enthusiastic start to things <laughs> this is the in love with movies podcast my name is uh nicholas baldwin and i'm danielle smith that's right smith that's my last name R- remembered your name this time <laughs> that's good that's good um but we will become the small wins one day a discussion for a later episode <laughs> a discussion for a later episode but uh yeah, so this is our podcast about love and about movies, and so this week we are going to be discussing a topic, or I should say this month, we've decided it's a monthly podcast, right? So that's how that's going to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nodding for the oh, yeah, sorry. auditory medium, yeah. not great. Okay, not so great. that was yeah. me so shaking my head. Yep, actually, you are uh, correct. Go ahead. You know, say things. So monthly podcast, <laughs> and this month uh, we are going to release the episode on September 22nd. Why would we release it on September 22nd, Danielle? I'm not sure. We should release it on September 21st. Wait, what's our wedding anniversary? <laughs> Is it the 22nd? I'm confused because we have that dang wedding on the, uh, the 21st. Oh, I, yeah. I yeah. would like all of our listeners to note that I now have it on record <laughs> that as year one, anniversary numero uno approaches... The husband is the one remembering the date accurately. September 22nd will be our one-year wedding anniversary. Okay, well, I'll ask you in five years. You're going to forget. <laughs> but we are releasing on September 22nd. In part, at least, I won't speak for my wife, but I know I am motivated as a quiet protest against the fact that we will not actually be able to celebrate our wedding anniversary, our year one wedding anniversary, because we will be traveling for... Uh, Danielle to be in one of her family members' weddings on September. September 21st. That's why I got confused. It's it's not my fault. It's my cousin's fault. <laughs> We're going to blame the cousin. Chrissy. She, I was going to not say her name, oh, but okay. now all of your friends and family know exactly who to find. <laughs> You've got stalkers looking her up on Facebook as we speak. All five people listening to this podcast right <laughs> Hey, Mom. We now know also from <laughs> earlier today that uh, at least five of the listens were done out of pure spite from uh, Danielle's girlfriend making her brother listen to the podcast, like, literally to upset him. So that's good to know that, you know, our, our listenership is full of good, supportive individuals. <laughs> <laughs> So, with uh, this podcast coming out on our wedding anniversary, what is the topic? I, I appreciate the leading questions. It's, it's nice. 
<laughs> but what we're going to talk about is our first year of marriage, like a recap of what is marriage like? And the answer to that is the same as it was before. <laughs> we just owed a lot more money. <laughs> we didn't, come on, we didn't owe a lot more money. We have less money. I don't even think that's true. I have a job. That's true. You do have a job now. Last year, you didn't have a job, so that makes life a lot easier. Um, we just threw a giant party, and all our friends were there, and that's the only difference between September 21st of last year and then September 22nd. Like, nothing changed. Uh, <laughs> so what's, like, the one thing that you wish you'd have known before getting married? Like, what's the one thing that after a year of marriage... If somebody was like, what's the one thing that everyone who's about to get married needs to know? Because we have friends who are about to get married. Oh, see, I'm not prepared for this. The one thing I think you really have to do, and I think Nick and I did this in our relationship before, but if you want to make your marriage work, you just got to talk to your dang partner. You can't keep anything in. You have to express your feelings, no matter how scary they are or how much they make you cry or scream or be anxious. Um, and then your partner will question you on them a lot. Well, if you're married to a, an academic, like I am. You think I question you on you do, you your You just feelings? make me feel deeper than I want to feel. <laughs> but it's okay. It's fine. I think you're having the feelings already. I am just making you actually think about where are those feelings coming from, as opposed to just letting them be there. I suppose. What I would suppose. you say is the one thing that you need to know going into marriage? I don't know. While you were talking, though, what I was thinking about was the idea of, and a friend of ours, Rick Beyer, gave us this quote, like, that love is a choice. And I know I have said to you this past year, different times, <laughs> that love is definitely a choice because there are some days where that is the easiest choice you've ever had to make. It doesn't even feel like you have an option. Most days. Yes, most days. And then there are some days, few days... Where that is maybe one of the most difficult choices you've ever had to make. I agree. Sometimes I just want to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. She hasn't yet. At least not, you know, on purpose. In our second year of marriage, the story of... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle Smith actually beat the sh out of her husband. And uh, they got divorced because she was physically abusing him. That's the, that's the story of our second year of marriage. I think we have to edit that part out. That's, that's, that's too much. Um, also, I do want to point out, Nick, you don't have to edit yourself. No, I do want to edit myself. <laughs> well, I don't know. Are we going to make this an explicit podcast? <laughs> In love with movies. Dark edition where we swear. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't honestly know what happened just there. <laughs> Anyways, another thing I just want to point out to anyone who is getting married, planning to have a wedding... It doesn't matter. I think people, not that marriage doesn't matter. Oh, wow. Hold matter. up, hold up. This is about to be like a real truth bomb. Weddings don't <laughs> matter. Marriage doesn't matter. No, no, no. Weddings, people have this idea in their head of what a wedding, that's the day of, needs to look like. And, like, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I had to have my stepdad run out and get me, um, what is it, stuff that makes you stop pooping? I... I love, this is true to, like, on brand for you and your friends that know you and your family, by the way. We have already discussed your need to fart, <laughs> and now you are talking about What that. is this stuff called? <laughs> are we talking, like, was Pepto-Bismol no. or not X-Lax, but the no. exact opposite, Imodium AD? Imodium, yeah. Imodium, okay. I had, because I could not stop pooping 
the day of the wedding, and I knew I was super anxious, and it wasn't because I was scared to marry Nick. Like, that part was, like, <laughs> for sure. Like So she says now. <laughs> but the, it was because I was so worried, like, my table decorations were going to be out of place, or, like, the DJ was going to mess up, or someone, I don't know, someone was going to get wasted and hurt themselves, which... Side note on those things that got, <laughs> that all got mentioned. They literally the all table, happened. The table decorations were being adjusted per the mother-in-law's, my mother-in-law's request, because she put them together for us. Shout out to Barb. She, we were adjusting those day of. The DJ kicked butt, and you got to be a DJ Cardi bride at, during the course of the evening. And the injuries all happened prior to the uh, actual event happening. That is true. Uh, that's not true. I don't know why I said that's true. My mom ripped her knee in three places during Proud Mary, which, by the way, is why Proud Mary was not on my original list. Um, but sorry, Barb, that that happened to you. And it wasn't because she was drinking. She didn't get wasted and do that. She just, like, was dancing like, like Proud Mary would. But anyways, the point of that is I didn't have to be anxious because it didn't matter. Like, as long as... We were in the room, Nick and I were together, we were surrounded by people that loved us, and, like, they were down to have a good time, and we were down to have a good time, the food was decent, like, it didn't matter as long as the food didn't suck, and, which, by the way, it was actually really good, and we had mini bagels and lox, and it was really good. I forgot about the mini bagels and lox, because yeah. that was one thing, like, you, you desperately needed, and you got to, like, shove three of those things into your face. Oh, smoke sandwich. As we were getting like, ready to go huh? take pictures of the two of us, and you were like, no, wait, I have to eat this. I just want, yeah. So, um, we had a blast. We still have people who say it was the most fun wedding ever, but that's because we decided we weren't gonna, like, follow the rules of, like, okay, we need to be very formal. Like, it was like, this is our party, this is our family, this is our day, and we're gonna celebrate. Honestly, I didn't get to see Nick that much, because <laughs> I was up with the DJ. This is on him. He let me press the air horn button for three hours, so a lot of songs were... Enhanced by bah, 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 <laughs> all night. All right. Well, I want to have another episode later on that is our wedding specifically, probably. So oh. getting away from that. Okay. Even though you say there's no nothing that is different between a year ago and today, what is the one thing is the most different? Um, we bought a couch. Okay. Yeah. You, that was never going to happen until we got married. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, I couldn't make that commitment with someone, but now we had to make a big commitment of purchasing a brand new piece of furniture, which we are sitting on together right now, and it's got a little chaise lounge. It's all cute. It's nice. Um, the Okay, the real life part, besides the couch part, is that you know that this person that you're marrying, you hope, fingers crossed, is there with you no matter what. So you can't just take the easy way out. You can't be like, well... Uh, it was a good five years. Peace. I mean, you could, but that's not what I choose to do because I'm committed to you a bajillion percent, and we're going to have the freaking hardest times in the whole world together, but knowing that we have each other's back, we choose each other every day, that is, that's changed. Context for our listeners, we just, we are recording this having just surpassed our five-year anniversary for dating, so that gives you a little bit of a timeline. We got married around four years into our relationship. A little bit of preview for things. I will say that it's not surprising for me to hear you say that because I feel like one of the things that has changed most for me is you seem more certain that I'm not going anywhere. 
Like, for a significant portion of our relationship in that four years, you were constantly, like, af like afraid that you were going to do something that was going to scare me away. And it's like, we, early in our relationship, both did terrible things that, like, should have scared the other person off. And so I was never, like, thinking we were leaving anywhere. But you now see, you ask less often, like, is this going to be the thing that scares you away? Because you know the process. It would be so freaking hard for you to have to, you know, go away now. You'd have to, like, you know, sign papers. We'd have to unjoin our joint bank accounts. We'd have to, who's going to get the couch and who's going to get the cat, you know? You take the cat, I'll take the couch. Easy, easy peasy. What if I want the cat and the couch? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just greedy. Anyways. <laughs> it's just, also just being married... It's nice. It's nice to know that you found the person that, like, when I was little, I used to dream of a human that was just, like, stable. That was there, that was supporting me no matter what. That, like, saw my true self. And this is really corny, but in my dreams, it didn't have a face. And now the face is Nicholas mm. Baldwin. Mm. That, that makes me, like, no, all kidding aside, that's the warm fuzzies that I think some of our friends and family are expecting to hear from this. Because... We are a little bit mushy on social media sometimes, at least compared to what some people regard as appropriate. That's true. And so I think that that, that little sweet note there, and I don't want to belittle it. I don't want to make it a joke. I genuinely feel the same way, and I love you very much. I love you too. Okay. So now with the mushy stuff out of the way, what is, like, the worst thing that, like, is just terrible about being married? Like, if there's any, like what's the one thing that after one year you're like, Dang, I, w I wished I could have avoided this, or maybe it would have made me, you know, decide not to get married. Uh, honestly, nothing. There's not, like, a big thing where I'm like, this is horrible. But one thing, it's made me more accountable, knowing that, like, we're in a partnership and, like, things should be even. So, like, to all our listeners... Nick is Mr. Mom, and he does the laundry, and he does the dishes, and he takes out the trash, and, like, just does a lot of things that I kind of take for granted. And so the one thing that I have to work on my, on my end is, like, holding up my end of the bargain. So, like, I'm kind of lazy sometimes. And so telling myself, no, Nick does all this stuff for me, so now I have to, I have to do stuff for him. I need to cook dinner every once in a while and... Clean out the litter box and brush the cat, which is, I hate doing because he hates it, but, you know, I got to pull up my end of the bargain, and so it's more of, like, a, an accountability thing on my end. It's like, okay, I'm a wife now. And it's not just wife-husband. It's just, like, I'm a partner now. I'm an equal equal human in this relationship, and I got to gotta do my part. Maybe uh, we could do a whole podcast on, like, our view of gender roles in uh, loving relationships. Maybe. Maybe that's one we've already thought about, or, you know, who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Um, How about you? Why are you asking me all these questions? You're not answering any of them. Because you were the one who was saying you were nervous about doing this, and I told you if you just let me conduct it like an interview, I would make sure that we had good good podcast gold. I was going to mine for the gold. Okay. What is your <laughs> least favorite part of marriage? Uh, it's funny you mentioned the accountability thing. I was going to say, like, the... Like, I guess I, I, I sort of knew it was coming, but part of me wasn't sure I could believe it, like, or I wanted to tell myself it would get better somehow, and the reality is, like, no, a person doesn't change in any way in terms of things like that between when you're married and when you're not. So, like, for example, and this will probably be another topic for another day, but we got a cat the day after our honeymoon, 
and I can remember so many promises about the number of times said cat was going to be, uh, you know, brushed, and we were going to, because I'm allergic, we were never going to let him in the room, and the okay. bedroom. <laughs> that is half my fault, half your fault. I'm not saying it is Because you're in love with the cat. I, I do love the cat. I do you love the cat. let him sleep next to you. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but also, we were going to spray things, we were going to do things. We're gonna change filters, and, and none of that really, uh, none of that really took place as much. So. so the actual answer is the cat. The cat is the thing that has changed. <laughs> it's not we, our marriage; it's our cat. You, it's funny you mention that. I mean, I, I don't know that I would say like a year retrospective, but I do. I mean, you know this. I they, like everyone asks you after you get married. You come back from your honeymoon, or like a month later, and people are like, "So, how's married life treating you?" And people make different choices before they get married, but we had chosen to live together. We had chosen to, we already had created a joint bank account. We had chosen to do a number of things like that our lives were already intertwined. And so to what you were saying earlier, basically the only thing that changed in our lives when we got married was, hey, now there's a like piece of paper that legally says it'll be more complicated if we decide to split up. And aside from that, because that's the only part that maybe changed our relationship per se, was the addition of a, another leaving creature that we had to actually care for and keep alive. And yes, he, he, he has been very much the more drastic thing. And so every time somebody asks me, like, what's married life? I'm like, it's the same. You know what's different? Having a cat. And cats are supposed to be easy, damn it. <laughs> but this one is not. We, will, and we should not get too far into that. But he also, we, I mean, I guess since this is recent and it won't be, even if we do a cat topic later, it won't necessarily. We just had an issue where he, like, was had blood in his pee and had to go get prescriptions for him. And they're like, basically, we're asking, what's the cause of this? And they're like, well, you guys aren't home enough to play with your cat. And therefore, he, you know, that is the reason why he is not entertained enough. You don't have an enriching house environment enough. And so instead, that's where we ended up with things. And that's why I am now sitting here playing with the cat, trying to keep him actively entertained <laughs> while we record a gosh darn podcast. <laughs> what? A gosh darn podcast. I know, you've said don't edit, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> uh, so I guess overall the question is, thumbs up, thumbs down to our first year of marriage. <laughs> What's your overall rating? Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's literally, are we just going thumbs up, thumbs down, or, you know, that's it? That's, that's my only it, options? Yeah. Okay, well, in that case, I'll go thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, overall, on average, take everything into account, positive more than negative. How about you? Same. Oh, yeah? <laughs> even, even despite all of me talking too much. <laughs> yeah, Nick does have these things called Baldwin stories, where he, like, something that can be said in three to five words... He says it in 40 to 70 words. Well, the number's so, growing. It was 35 words the first time she made oh, that yeah. analogy. Well, because his words are getting longer. So if you do ever listen to our podcast um, and you hear Nick talking for maybe two minutes, fast forward four to six minutes, and then he'll stop talking about that topic. I will not take any offense if any of our listeners choose to just like hit the 15-second button <laughs> to get to the end and be like, okay, this, this, this person needs to, to finish up. I do that in my head all the time. <laughs> wow. There, there's a truth bomb about marriage. There's a truth bomb about marriage. Your wife skips ahead in your head. Now I know why it feels like you never listen to me. And Stop <laughs> it. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> we do listen to each other. 
So yes, overall I would say the first year of marriage has been great. It's had its obstacles, but so is our whole relationship and we've we've figured out a way to navigate our relationship and how it works for us. And like shameless plug, um everyone should read the five love languages. It's an old book and everyone talks about it, but it really does make sense and you should learn your partner's love language and learn your own part your own love language and and just start from there, but we won't get into that. Yeah, because that's another one we thought might be a good topic for another day. But I agree with you. I, I think that it helps. And we're not sponsored by no. the Doc, five No, Dr. Chapman is not paying us. No, he <laughs> is not. Not at all. So, well, I think that's maybe, unless you have anything else to say about first year of marriage. Any pearls of wisdom, as they say? Uh, the, uh, no, I said at the beginning, you just got to talk to your partner. Okay. You always see these, like, rom-coms or, like, we were watching Jane the Virgin the other day, and, like, you know something about the character, and they don't share it with your partner, and you're like, no, Jane, just tell Raphael how you feel. Tell him the truth. Well, in real life, don't be Jane. Be Danielle Smith, or Nicholas Baldwin, <laughs> or you, and just say, hey, this is how I'm feeling, honestly. It honestly is gonna, <laughs> honestly, turn out much better that way, because... Why hide something from someone that you're going to spend the rest of your life with? I have a major bone to pick with the way that, like, successful ro romantic relationships are depicted in media. Yeah. Like, ev even, even if you go back to, like, uh, you know, Everybody Loves Raymond or Tool Time or, like, any other sort of blue-collar or, you know, just depiction of, like, this married couple. And granted... Maybe when we have an older married couple on, they'll disagree with us. I don't think so. But, like, they're always like, oh, it's about lying, basically. that That's what these shows teach you. Like, you lie to your spouse about the things that might upset them in order to avoid, like, you know. And it's like, I'm going to avoid this small thing instead of, you know. And then by, by the act of doing that, I'm, in fact, creating this giant wedge slowly between me and my spouse. Because we have these just secret stockpile of small things that we have not shared with them over and over and over and over and over again. So, but, okay. Cool. All right, so talk to your partners out there. And, you know, for that same exact reason, to force us to talk to each other more and to learn more about each other, we started this podcast. So a little bit of background. The uh, We were coming off of excellent energy and the fact that uh the reason we started this podcast was because we were working on what i call danielle's cinematic education and ever since we started dating each other there has been a growing list of movies that i personally because i'm a big movie person consider to be like must see movies and some of them are you know like actual treasures we just made uh <laughs> her brother's girlfriend start watching goodfellas earlier today or Godfather is on the list. And then there are also movies on that list that are basically just movies that are, like, something for me. Like, The Page Master, which, if anybody knows the movie with Christopher Lloyd and uh, Macaulay Culkin, you're probably really excited about it. And if you didn't know what it was, you're probably like, what the hell is that? Um, but I am happy for that movie, but that's a movie that's personal to me. So, at some point in our relationship, Danielle also started saying, well, if you're going to have a list of movies for me... I'm going to make a list of movies that you need to watch. Duh, this is all inequality. This is an equal partnership. And I immediately said, <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, sure. 
And I say that as if I was like totally open to it, but honestly, I kind of had to be dragged kicking and screaming to the idea more than she did, even for me. That's because, according to Nick and probably 80% of the world, I didn't watch the, air quotes here, best movies growing up. <laughs> I love cheesy, childlike, happy, musical, dumb movies. I don't watch anything with violence or sadness or darkness or end of the world or existential or depression or did I say violence? I don't like violence. I don't like blood. And the violence I get, but when she starts talking about the sadness, the depression, the existential stuff, that's where I'm like, uh, the real world is sad. The real world is full of deep, difficult thoughts that a person has to have. And that's where I was like, you you just don't like to have movies that make you think. Which is not a fair assessment, but it is one that I've... Because people can watch movies for different reasons, and for me, it's an escape from the real world. So I don't want to escape to something that's sad. The Notebook is the fucking... Sorry. Freaking worst movie I've ever seen. And I know it's like, uh, what all these awards, and people love it. It's the worst! Because I have never sobbed so hard for no reason. For people that weren't me. Okay, so now here's the thing. I, I, it's not the greatest movie ever, and we could watch it, and that would be a lot of fun to hear us both rag on it for Ugh. different reasons. But the fact that your reason against The Notebook is basically it made you feel feelings? Yes. <laughs> That's the part I don't get. Like, I want a movie to make me think. I want a movie to make me feel. I want to walk away having had an emotional experience that's what film is and that's what i think is the most perfect thing about that medium so it's interesting to me so that's why we have very different views <laughs> out of curiosity before I, I i unveil what our first movie is give me like a rundown of your top three to five movies of like the, the like ones that you absolutely love if somebody were to ask you give you like your, your top five movies excluding the one that we watched um grease okay hairspray uh-huh Hocus Pocus. And that's the one I was expecting. And because we're coming into Halloween, there's one other that always comes oh, up. Oh, Halloween Town? <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great movie. Um, and then you said five. I said three, two, five. She's the Man is a great movie with Amanda Bynes where she like goes into a boy's soccer. That is a remake of a 1980s pick called um, Just One of the Boys. Where there was a woman trying to pretend to be a man for the sake of a press thing that she was trying to do. And I'm sure it was probably a remake of some other movie before that. Which was probably a remake of some uh, gender-bending Shakespeare play is my guess. So I wouldn't blame you if you just fast-forwarded 15 seconds through that one. <laughs> so let's talk about the movie that we actually watched. So Nick is such a kind husband. He's very fair and loving and... Honestly, always puts me first, which I feel bad for him because I'm very needy. But uh, he said... You're not as needy as the cat. <laughs> Thank you. But he did say <laughs> that I got to pick the first movie. So essentially, we're going through movies that mean something to us and trying to share it and discuss it with the, the person that means the most to us. So with the example of the page master, for example, and me trying to get off of my snooty tooty hoity toity uh i think i'm better than you cinematic mm -hmm. quote-unquote education point mm -hmm. of view and looking more at it as okay so these are movies that meant something to me like page master but maybe they're great maybe they're not some of mine will be awesome but i wanted to hear more about where danielle's coming from so there are movies that she watched that did mean something 
and I w- wanted to, we decided that we would use this podcast as an opportunity to learn more about each other, the people that we love, uh, you know, through the lens of a movie from their past that was important to them, the whys and the hows and the, like, what makes that therefore an important thing. So, the movie that we watched first for the very first ever episode of In Love With Movies was... Model Behavior. So, Model Behavior, <laughs> for those of you who do not know, is a movie, a, a Disney Channel original movie. Which, honestly, are the best movies. Smart House, Lucky the Irish... There are a number of Disney Channel movies that I will admit are very strong ones. I can't remember. Have you watched Genius? Have we talked about that one? With Emmy Rossum and the kid who plays both a genius and the cool kid or whatever. He's like a... We started watching it. We didn't finish. Oh, so like I tried to get you to watch it and we never finished it? Yeah, we gotta go back to that. We are definitely watching that again because that started my crush on Emmy Rossum, which like carries through to today and uh, Shameless. But that's a whole other story for another day. But this movie... As Danielle uh, built it to me, the reason, why is it that, so I'll, I'll let you say, why are we watching this movie? Why is it important to you? What's the biggest things? Justin Timberlake. Like, <laughs> that is the answer to almost everything, is Justin Timberlake is in this movie, and I'm going to be very honest with you. I didn't super remember what it was about. I just remembered that Justin Timberlake was in it, and then when we started watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, I can quote this whole, oh, whole movie. It, it was scary, because I, I know you haven't seen this movie in at least five years, and, like, from line two, I think you were quoting I was like, movie. oh, yeah, I remember how this went. But it was not an easy one to find. So if anyone's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that movie in so long, you can borrow our janky-ass copied DVD that Nick probably paid too much for on eBay? Um, no. So I did not necessarily think this at the time, because I was more focused on getting it done. But looking back now, the website that I purchased this from was probably the digital online equivalent of that person you see on the streets of New York City who is selling (laughs) bootleg copies with clearly, like, bought plastic DVD cases and then they've printed out the, like, sleeve cover or whatever. Because this thing came to us not even in one of those, but in a burned DVD case that you would have like when you made a mixtape for your friends back in the early 2000s when this movie came out uh you would have like burned a cd this is what it came on with just hand scrawled model behavior on the edges of it yes so but we own it now to your credit you had said you remembered more about it than you thought you did because when you first told me it's all about justin timberlake <laughs> and if you look at the cover photo yep. for advertising this movie it looks like Justin Timberlake is a is a major player. And when you first described the movie, because all you said basically is, well, Justin Timberlake's in it, and there's this girl, and there's bottles or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I thought to myself that it was somehow like, I don't know, a girl gets to date a model who is Justin Timberlake, and it therefore is all centered around this plot where Justin Timberlake plays a model, and that is what it's about. That is not what this movie is about, so, and you remembered I, at least some of it. Go ahead. So let me. I'm going to retell the plot for you. So there is this girl. Her name is Alex Burroughs. She's a junior. Yes, she's a junior in high school. And the reason I know that is because she says, I'm going to be the junior class spinster during That's this right. movie. That's right. I wrote that down. Junior class spinster. Such a great line. I also wrote that. So essentially, <laughs> she's just a nerd, obviously, because she's a beautiful girl in glasses. So then she's just really nerdy. She dresses kind of weird. 
And this might be another reason I connected to her. I had, like, half the outfits that she wore, but everyone thinks that she's a loser because she dresses very strange. Okay, so that was that, that actually answers, or starts to answer maybe an important question. I, at one point, wrote down, like, did you identify with this character, and is that why you love this yes, movie so Yes, I did. Much? She was blonde and weird. And she wasn't chubby, though, and I'll get to that. That was me. I was blonde and weird and chubby. <laughs> but you were popular in high school. Uh, towards the tail end of it. Okay, well, junior year is the tail end of That's it. That's true. But this did not come out when I was in high school. This movie came out before I was in high school. Okay, so this, so even though you were not a high school student that identified with this, you identified with mm -hmm. the character much earlier in your scholastic career. I think I was in middle school in this case. Okay, okay. Um, wait, maybe younger. Either way. So Alex Burroughs, she just wants to be a fashion designer, and she's very sad, and, and she doesn't like her life. She doesn't like school because she's a loser, and she just wants to go out with Eric Singer, who is the hottest guy in school. Who, by the way, is the hottest guy in this movie, besides Justin Timberlake. <laughs> but, like, if I was in high school and Eric Singer was in high school, I'd be like, damn, boy! I'd try to, you know, get on that. <laughs> you try to get on that? <laughs> yeah. That's what you wanted to say? You try to get on that? I did not think that guy was that attractive. You, okay, well, that he's like little teenage cute attractive, and I like remembered that he was super cute. Anyways, so then Alex has a bad life because her dad owns a catering company, and he always makes her work, like on the weekends, and she's just like, I don't want to work, I just want to be in fashion. And then she happens to be catering an event where... Um, Jane, we, Janine we are, Adams. We need to go, this needs to be a faster recap. Okay, sorry. Janine <laughs> Adams, who's a supermodel, who's also 16, happens to be at this event, and then they run into each other so serendipitously, and... Okay, hold on. Let's pause for a second, because if you're just going to go through running, that's fine. But I'm going to therefore give my pieces of thought as we're going through it. Okay. Let's start here. Why is there a, like... 30-second montage for when they choose to switch places and switch clothing. They actually do, like, a series of different shots set to music as if this is some lengthy time passing, like you would see in a, in a montage in other places. And it is literally just them in the same room switching outfits. Okay, spoiler alert, I didn't get to say that part yet. It turns out these girls look exactly alike, and the model... Uh, Janine Adams hates her life because she just wants to be a normal teenager. So they switch places for just one week. Because they're both played by the same actress, Maggie Lawson, which I yeah. had to look that up. Maggie Lawson, who is, at least for me, famous for her role in the TV show Psych, where she played uh, Juliet, maybe was the actress of the character's name? Anyway, the blonde chick that the, the, the people are working with as a, as a, um, a detective. So... Fast forward, they it's a fantastic idea, they switch places, Alex wants to be f someone that she's not, the model Janine wants to be normal, and then they go about their lives, basically. Um, and so Janine, who becomes Alex, has all of this confidence because she's honestly a bitch. Like, she's super bitchy. Okay, let's pause there, too. The, yeah, the Janine character, the, yeah. the one who's supposed to have started off a model. I could, like, throughout the whole movie, I kept making the note of, like, is this supposed to be a person I am rooting for or not? She because, calls everyone a clod. <laughs> yeah, what, that, I, that's a whole other thing. But, like, the very first scene with her is, like, her ordering 
food, about like like really fatty stuff or whatever. And then her mother comes in and we should put a pin in the whole dietary conversation because yes, that's obviously. a whew, there's a lot there. But like the mother comes in and is like ragging on her about her ordering bad food again, quote end quote. And you like immediately are sort of given into uh, feeling identified with and feeling for the hardships of this person. And I remember thinking, okay, so they've shown me like the sort of tough real life quote unquote of the Alex character who just has like a normal high school life and that sucks sometimes. And then the, oh, okay, so this movie's going to be about showing how, you know, life is tough for people in both situations and the model is, has, a, has a tough life and she's a completely endearing character. Then we flash forward to the next morning and she is an absolute heinous bitch. Like, to every person in her life. She is a bitch to her little brother. Apparently we are just going to go with the explicit thing on this. She's a bitch to her little brother. She's a bitch to her mother, which she was not the night before. She is a bitch to this poor, random, like, assistant that she has. Mm -hmm. She's a bitch to the nice, friendly, fat driver, which every 90s movie apparently had to have if you had a rich person in it. Mm -hmm. Like... To everyone. She's a bitch to complete strangers. It shows her, like, ordering food and totally crapping all over this complete stranger. And at that time, I was just like, wait, is is this supposed... Am I, is this a Freaky Friday situation where I'm rooting for them both? Or is this, like, a one person's a terrible person and one person's a good person? And throughout the rest of the movie, I feel like the writers never decided which one they I, wanted. <laughs> I agree with you. I think I forgot that part because, again, Justin Timberlake. So... <laughs> What happens with Janine is she becomes Alex and then gains all this confidence and then dumps milk on this girl's head, the girl who's dating Eric Singer, and then he's like, whoa, you're mean now, which makes you cool. Oh, and then she talks shit to the teacher, too. She's like, excuse me? And if I, being an educator, I would be like, excuse me, bye-bye. But the teacher just takes it, so I'm like, whoa, that's not okay. Anyways, so basically... In her defense, there was a great line there that I actually thought was pretty good. She's like, your ragging on your students is a veiled attempt or something like that of your insuperiority complex or something like that. She basically says, like, you are being an asshole teacher to your students because you don't, like, you're not confident in your knowledge or authority over them. True. However, she's still a student. So then... Alex becomes, I'm putting it in quotes, Alex, because it's Janine, becomes so popular because she's super rude, and, like, people think that's really cool, and they look up to her. So then Eric Singer starts to date her and takes her out, while Janine, Alex, a.k.a. Janine, the supermodel on the other side, is, like, this sweet, like, everyone says, oh my gosh, you're such a sweet person now, what happened? And then she runs into Justin Timberlake, whose name is Jason it doesn't matter. Jason. 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 He's, he's playing essentially what seems to be himself, a pop star, but... But he's a model. Okay, so he's a model, not yeah. okay, a pop star. Yeah, so he's a male model, and all the tabloids are saying that they love each other or whatever, and then it turns out that, like, he meets Alex, and he's like, I know, you're not what I thought you were. Because she's not the bitch, she's just a normal teenager, so then they go on a date. So then the whole movie ends with, like, them realizing the grass isn't always greener on the other side... But, spoiler alert if you haven't watched this, Alex, the normal girl, gets Justin Timberlake, and then Janine, the model, gets Eric Singer, the normal boy. And this is while they have switched back and gone back to their normal lives. So, but here's then the question I have to ask. It's a Disney movie. Usually the Disney movies have some kind of, like, moral of the story. I ended this movie having no idea no. what the moral of this story is. Um, so the moral of the story <laughs> is the grass is not always greener on the other side. 
and then you said that, but I'm not even sure that is like that was clearly communicated. But it's. <laughs> I love how, like, this is where, like, that's all that we have. And so, this is, let me get into why I think that's not necessarily the case. But, or, or why it's not that simple. Okay. This is what, I wrote it down. I was searching my notes. Okay. They literally say at the end, I guess the grass is always, isn't always greener on the other side. And then Janine said, especially if you have to mow it. Right. So, there's this weird <laughs> attempt at a throwaway uh, lesson to be learned, but not actually the case. Uh, and not, like, it, it, the old adage is not clear. They've thrown in a bunch of other stuff that I thought was going to have a more important thing. So let's go back to the uh, whole body image of it all. Yeah. So so for those of you who have not seen this film, I mentioned briefly, like, oh, you know, her trying to order, you know, fast food or whatever, and her mother finding her or something like that. Now, if I were writing this, I would probably have maybe had that as, like, a one-line joke or, like, you know, oh, ha-ha, you know, supermodels don't know, you know, or don't get to eat or something like that. This is not a one-line joke. No. This becomes, like, almost a central storyline that is never, in my opinion, mm -hmm. satisfyingly wrapped up. I agree. Because <laughs> the girl who plays Alex, well, it's the same girl who plays them both, but Alex is supposed to be on a diet. And by the way... Maggie Lawson, that's her name, right? Yep, yep, yep. Is like a size negative one. Oh, like she's, she's gorgeous. So skinny. And so they're like, there is, I wrote that down somewhere. There's like definitely a, it normalizes body issues for teenage yes. girls. And I was like, this is not okay. I totally agree. And then it was also like, so it's normalizing body issues. It's making at a time, because this was came, this came out in 2000. By the way, I also had a moment where they did a New York City skyline and I literally wrote down. Twin Towers sad face because oh. this movie like came out and so it was a prominent part of the like that's how you knew it was in New York City back in 2000 or you know anyway uh but so it normalizes it clearly this person is like anorexic her mother is forcing her to be anorexic mm -hmm. and this is not at a time where like we didn't know anorexia was a thing I can remember being in middle school around this time and there being you know hallmark movies and things like that that were about women who were anorexic or bulimic and learning about these things in school and then you have a disney channel movie just pretending like that's a perfectly normal thing for supermodels so going back and rewatching this movie 20 years later most of it doesn't hold up <laughs> i'll be honest with you however i wrote down right here there was one point and i was like I think the best part about this movie for me and, like, the feeling it stuck with me, that stuck with me, is the idea that anyone could be someone great or, like, you could be whoever you wanted to. And it's not even, like, that uplifting. Honestly, it's anyone could, a normal person could date Justin Timberlake. Okay. I mean, okay, so there's a couple <laughs> things here. Layers, layers. So, one, I think the kernel of what you're getting at maybe is meant to be communicated and... Yes, that is a, a positive message that I agree with and not only goes on brand with Disney, but like on brand with us and we're very positive people and I would agree with that. Even more on brand with us is the idea that you just liked the fantasy that a normal person could get to date Justin Timberlake. Or which, that a normal person had someone out there that looked like them that they could switch places with and get to be... Like she had a, a $5,000 stipend at every store. This... <laughs> so, sorry, go ahead. Per month. Per every month she got $5,000 for the store. For whatever store she wanted. Another thing about the body image that I just have to mention, this, stealing, like, the sort of verbiage from one of my other favorite podcasts, They Are Not Paying Us, How Did This Get Made, is a great movie podcast that you should listen to. And one of the thing, ways that they phrase things is, 
this movie posits a world, okay? So this movie, the one we were talking about, Model Behavior, posits a world where two people not only are so identical that people immediately recognize the supermodel, but do not recognize <laughs> the fact that this girl looks like her. It is like a total Clark Kent Superman it's situation. she's wearing glasses. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely that absurd. But in addition to that, that there is a girl who is like, eating normal things right that's what i'm gathering because like she was like the 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 normal girl alex was starting some new diet that week or something for no explained reason that i caught mm -hmm. but had been eating normally before this mm -hmm. okay and that she has the exact same body figure as another girl her age who apparently is a straight-up anorexic so there's also this like hidden thing where we are saying that oh regardless of whether you're anorexic or eat normal you should look like maggie lawson which is just not factual yes so i think one thing we will find in this podcast is going back and with a different lens on things on our favorite movies things might change true however justin timberlake still holds up for me so let's talk movie. about the justin timberlake okay. keep going so justin timberlake <laughs> he's just He's just a model so that he can save up for grad school because he wants to be an astrologist. Like, astronomer. What's that? Okay, so <laughs> difference between astronomer and astrologist. Astrology is stars. They are both stars. They are both stars. Astrologist is someone who, you know, uh, follows the stars and their patterns to predict the future and, you know, oh, all horoscopes. the Scorpios and horoscopes. An astronomer studies them for science. Okay. So he actually wanted to be the real life one. Yes. Not saying astrology isn't real because it is. That will save that for another day, <laughs> but definitely not the same thing as astronomy. So you, you overall, he's still doing it for you. Justin Timberlake. Uh, Justin Timberlake. 2000s Ju Justin do. Timberlake. Yeah, and I will say the best part of this movie is the opening scene is at a party. And it goes, here we go, and then here we go, one more time. So, like, NSYNC's most popular song at that, because this was before Bye 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 came out, um, that opens the movie. So, for me, I started getting goosebumps at the beginning, um, and then I realized that it wasn't, like, the best movie. But I hope it helps you see a little bit more of me. It does, although I guess it didn't. It didn't show me that much more of like you that I didn't already know about. Yeah, I guess because I am well aware of your obsession with Justin Timberlake. Um, I will say this though, and okay, so I, I have a lot of thoughts on Justin Timberlake actually, but <laughs> before I even get there, this movie, your comment about like it opening with that thing, the other reason to think this movie is maybe the writing is not fantastic. Uh, it, it was very clearly an example of like absolute synergy happening on all levels. So you've got the in-sync thing that comes out there. Mm -hmm. They clearly build this movie on the back of Justin Timberlake, mm. even though he is in it for, like, four scenes totaling maybe, maybe eight minutes in a, like, hour and 24-hour, 24-minute-long movie. So that, like, that alone is a thing. And then what's the what was the name of the other pop group that inexplicably is uh, at their prom or whatever? Nobody's Angel is playing at their prom. Who apparently was another pop group that was, like, trying to make it at the time. 100% forgot they existed. But they had some hit on Wonder that they, I'm sure, was one of the songs they played there. Yeah. No, they had a couple of songs. I was like, oh, yeah, I had this album. Okay. I did not know you had the album. <laughs> so there I'm learning new things right now. <laughs> what I wanted to say about Justin Timberlake, aside from the fact that he's only in there for, like, eight minutes... Until the very last scene at the dance, 
I legitimately thought that they had only gotten him for one day of shooting and had only given him one outfit. That didn't fit him. There was like a wardrobe thing going on where he was in, no joke, like I said, three or four scenes and three out of four of them, he is wearing the exact same shirt, pants, like red thing, like red uh, sweater thing that he's also wearing on the cover of this movie. And it was like, wow, you literally must have just like had him pose for the picture for the cover, then shot these three scenes. And then there was one scene where like he was wearing the same thing, but it was a different jacket on top. Yeah, what I was, I did write down. This jacket does not fit him. The He's swimming in it. And <laughs> yes. you know how I know? Like, thank goodness for Tan France. Because he has taught me where the seam on a shoulder of a man's jacket is supposed to be. And Justin's was way too far down. Which means it just wasn't his size. So it didn't do many justice because Justin Timberlake is a sexy, 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 sexy man. And they made him swim in this little jacket. I will concede Justin Timberlake is a sexy man. Sexy, sexy, sexy man. Uh, a sexy man. And <laughs> in addition to that, I will say, his acting, because this was the big reason that they built this this way, was because it was Justin Timberlake's breakout acting role. Like, it was his mm -hmm. first feature film that he was going to be in, period. Yes. He acted better than a number of the adults that clearly had acting careers did that early on. I will say, his few scenes, he did a pretty decent job. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's like a triple threat. And that's why he's hilarious on SNL and he's in all the other movies and maybe we'll talk about those on here. But I think we need to wrap up. I will say the one other thing about Justin Timberlake, his voice though. He was a little baby. It, he, and he sounded like He it. sounded like a little baby. <laughs> he did, he did sound it's like okay. a It's okay, that's the voice I remember hearing in my dreams every night. <laughs> <laughs> Still hears them now, and it still listens and sounds like the, you know, 20-year-old Justin Timberlake. Here we go, one more time. So, well, that is our podcast, uh, In Love. With movies. So, this episode will be called uh, Year One with Model Behavior, or something along those lines. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did like what you heard... Uh, we hope that you will give us a like on Spotify or if we make it onto Apple by the time this goes up, uh, you know, really give us the five-star rating there. If you don't like it... David! <laughs> uh, I would actually... I'm okay with, you know, some constructive feedback. So we have an email address uh, that is inlovewmovies at gmail.com. So I wasn't able to get the in love with, but inlovew to represent the with movies at gmail.com if you send us an email there give us your feedback positive or negative uh you know hoping nobody emails us just to be a complete jag and you know tear us apart david <laughs> but uh genuinely email us there if you have any questions thoughts uh feedback or if you have like ideas for future podcasts so we have even if we do this for you know once every month i probably have currently between the two of us what like maybe maybe a year's worth of topic ideas for the in love portion mm -hmm. So if there's things you want to hear, you know, a relatively newly married couple talk about, we also will probably have friends on for future podcasts. Um, you know, let us know if that's something you would like to see. Other than that, uh, fo follow us on our social media page, In Love With Movies at Facebook. And uh, shout out to David Smith for the art represented uh, as our uh, thumbnail. We greatly appreciate his help with that. He's a very talented uh, sketch artist. Any other, anything else, my beautiful wife? Um, I love you. 
<laughs> I love that. Let, let's end it with that. All right. And with that, I love you. I love you too. All right. Have a, have a good night, everyone. Here we go. One more time. In love. In love with movies. In love. In love with movies. With Danny and Nick. Da-da-da.